Do you ever find yourself confused when it comes to health and fitness? Have you been searching relentlessly on the most effective ways to achieve your fitness-related goals, only to find yourself even more frustrated? Well, we've got you covered. It's time to learn from the best, shorten your learning curve, and truly understand how to achieve your goals without spinning your wheels and wasting precious time. Welcome to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. Welcome back to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Mike Perry, and I'm here with Brett Jones. Brett, how are you today, my friend? How's everything in the, the Berg? The the Berg is typical Berg. We're uh, cold, gray, and uh, wintry, rainy. Cold. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fabulous. Yin's, Yin's doing okay over there? Was that, was that the proper usage of Pittsburghese? That, you, you did get the Yin's correct uh downtown uh yens want to go downtown drink some iron tonight fair enough santa claus is going downtown there it is and that is today's episode friends (laughs) and we'll see you next week um we're out anyways we we were gonna have uh brett do a full musical today but we decided against it uh what we are going to talk about is (laughs) what makes a good coach um i've been doing this for 20 brett you've been doing this for 24 five am i plus 20, yeah 25 ish more more than i have plus, so we've got yeah. we've got some some plus. years we've got some years and uh you know we've been in, in different environments as well brett has worked uh in hospital settings he's worked as an athletic trainer um i've been more of the sort of <clears throat> privatized side where you know working at small gyms and having my own gym but i think regardless of of where you work there are some similarities and 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 what makes a good coach and we're going to talk about that today and and i think for a couple of reasons one i think it's always important to remind ourselves of what we need to do to be an efficient coach and i think as experienced coaches we can lose sight of that but i think there are a lot of people probably looking for a new gym or a new coach because it's the new year and they're probably trying to figure out where's the best place to go because you know i see it all the time we have these like local facebook groups on on Facebook and you know, what's the best gym and everybody talks about the gym that they go to. And, and that's just how it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, you know, I think it's important to do your research and, uh, to determine who you're going to work with, uh, what type of gym you're going to go for. Um, because you know, you can have all of this great equipment and a great, you know, great music, but if you do not like the person that you're spending time with, then, um, maybe that's not the right coach for you. So I would say, um, probably the most important part of being a coach is to be likable and to have a good personality because um, if people don't want to spend time with you at all, they're not going to pay you to spend time. And and uh, I always go back to what Coach Boyle says, be a certified nice person. And that goes a long way. It goes a long way for sure because um, I know a lot of coaches that, and, and if I'm being brutally honest here, they're not the most knowledgeable coaches. And uh, they don't have an extremely deep skill set, but their clients love them. And that's what keeps them coming back. So there is something to being likable and having a good personality. And, you know, in the world of strength and conditioning, where, you know, the people that have been in the industry for a long time, it's it's kind of like uh, we're always comparing who can come up with the newest stuff and who can be trendy and this and that. But um, I, I think one of the the I don't, don't want to even say trendiest things you can do, but one of the best things you can do is just be likable. Hundred percent. 
I think that, um, you know, when, when you choose a gym or a personal trainer, um, and, you know, working within this fitness realm and as speaking from the consumer side, um, you know, you're going to go in, you're going to meet these people. Um, you want to your point, you want to enjoy spending time with them. Um, the culture of the facility that you're walking into, um, when you go into Gold's Gym Venice, you're, you know, you're walking into a bodybuilding Mecca and there's, there's a culture, uh, that's kind of set and established within that facility. When you go into Mark Fisher fitness in, in New York city, there's a culture, uh, associated with that. You should be able to pretty quickly pick up on the culture of the, the facility that you're going into. Uh, some gyms run more in a martial arts fashion where, and some instructors work more from a martial arts fashion, where it's definitely kind of a master student sort of relationship and there's some expectations uh, built built in there. Uh, there's other facilities that that run just with their own culture. Um, so you want to meet the person that you're going to be trusting with your health, wellness, uh, your fitness goals, and your money. Um, and you know, I, I I say this all the time to to trainers, and and it sounds hyperbolic, but like you're you're putting your life in somebody's hands. Like they can easily push you to the point of injury or having some major problems. And, um, I, and, you know, there's other things that happen just because life happens. And if you're in the facility, you want to know you're going to be taken care of. Um, so, you know, you're, you're walking into this situation and, you know, most people are coming in saying, ah, oh, you know, I, I drank too much over the holidays. I ate too many Christmas cookies and, you know, now I need to lose 15 pounds. You know, it's new year's resolution or whatever it is, but you understand you're, you're putting your, trust in this person that you're going to not only your money, but your time, your efforts, your health, your wellness. Um, so you're going to want to meet this person. You're going to want to like them. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that is step one, you know, and, and I would say from a facility standpoint, uh, look at the cleanliness, you know, when you, when you go in for your, for your, for your meetings and, and you're kind of, you are doing your comparative uh, shopping and you're looking around, check, check the gym out, check, check the facility out. Uh, if it's dirty, if there's cobwebs, if there's, you know, the bathrooms aren't taken care of, like those are, those are indicators. And I, and I know, you know, I've been, been at skill of strength uh, many times and um, the facility's awesome. It's well taken care of. You walk in, you're greeted, you know, it's, it's a friendly atmosphere. Um, not only, it's just a cool setting in, in the gym that you're, where, where the building and everything that you are. Um, so yeah. And then, you know, if you, you just, you, you, you want to look forward to that next session um, because that person is probably going to be pushing you out of your comfort zone and working with you. So yeah, certified, nice person, nice and clean um, goes a, goes a long way. Absolutely. And um, you know, we talked about this on a previous episode, but the initial consultation, right. Is an opportunity to go and see the facility, go and meet a coach or maybe several coaches, um, and it's really a fact finding mission, right? You, if you're going into a business and you are going to potentially sign up, you should ask as many questions as you'd like, and and you should learn um, uh, as much as you can about you know how they do things, uh, you know operations, etc. Um, and I always kind of joke with people with uh, our initial consultation. I say, you know, this is kind of like a first date. Um, you know, you're coming in to see if we're a good fit for you and, and, and vice versa, we want to make sure that you're a good fit for us. And that's something that early on, I didn't really think about because, 
you know, when we started our business, we just wanted to get people through the door and get them to sign up. Because when you're starting a business, <laughs> you just want signups. And uh, when you when you uh, have developed that business and you've been around for a while, you can get a little bit more. I don't want to say picky because that seems like a strong word, but um, you can really start to discover who your people are, right? Who your true clients are. And I think that's super important because there's nothing worse than as a consumer signing up for something, getting excited and come to find that you don't like it, right? And in our in, in our gym, it's only happened a couple of times, but there have been people that have come in and they've signed up and they've committed, you know, for either a large personal training package or um, you know, a year membership and come to find out that they don't like it. And for me, that really, that upsets me as, as a business owner, because I want everybody to be happy, but I also realize that we can't make everybody happy. So I think just being honest right from the get-go about what you can and cannot provide and, and making sure that, uh, whoever's coming in, that you're just brutally honest with them and you're not just trying to catch a quick sale. Um, because I think a quick sale, um, while it's great sometimes from just a, a numbers game, but man, if you sign up a bunch of people that don't fit into your culture, it's it's not going to go well. So um, just just make sure that when you are signing up, you do your homework and, and don't overcommit at the beginning. If they have a short, I tell people all this time, if people think I'm crazy, if they have a short-term option available, do the short-term option. You may pay a little bit more at the beginning, but you'll know within a month if that place is the right place for you and then you can commit, you know, long-term. And I say that to everybody that comes through the door and uh, people actually appreciate that because most gym owners are like, we can transform your body in this. If you sign up for a year and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, the, I always joke with people. I'm like, I'm like the worst salesman on the planet. But um, I think that's a really, really a big part of it is just the ability to be authentic and to communicate because a big part of personal training and being a coach is communication. And I think that's uh, another sort of second point is, is honest communication. And, um, I say this all the time, right? If, if you sign up with us and you need something from us or an exercise doesn't feel good, please let us know because we don't want to be chasing this thing four or five weeks down the road. Let's be proactive. So we expect you to communicate with us if you need a different exercise or you need an alternative from what was planned for this day, or maybe, you know, last time you did this, it wasn't an issue and today it is, but communication is important because if you don't communicate, then you're just guessing. Yeah. I'm, let me give you an example of an uh, ineffective communication situation that I ran into. Uh, I had joined a local facility uh, to be unnamed. Um, and I, I short story long, I had had uh, a little melanoma surgery and I needed to do just some cardio and kind of take a little time off of, of any of my heavier training. So leaving the house and going and do some cardio and stuff like that. Well, you know, I had joined um, and then because of this melanoma surgery and everything, I couldn't be there for a little while. And so when I went back in, there'd been a change of managers. And so I went to kind of say, hi, you know, Hey, I'm back and stuff like that. Uh, this other person was also an athletic trainer and we, we, we had some conversation pieces and stuff like that. So I go in new manager and I'm, he's like, do you need anything? And I said, well, no, I, I just wanted to pop in say hi, you know, so-and-so was the manager previously and we, we had kind of chatted a little bit. So I was just popping in and, and, uh, I said, you know, I've, I've had a couple things go on and I haven't been in in a little while. And, you know, so just getting back into, into being here and he goes, well, if you need help with motivation, let me know. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, asshole. 
Um, so, ooh, sorry, that, that slipped out. Sorry, kiddos. Um, but <laughs> don't if- worry. I think we have the explicit <laughs> lyrics thing on all of our things anyways. Good thing. Um, now I'm going to tell you what I really think. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, what a missed opportunity. I, I threw up the softball, right? I, I threw up, hey, you know, I had a few things go on and I haven't been able to make it in. And so, you know, uh, but now, you know, now I'm getting back to it. And the for me, and I like to think of myself as a CNP, uh, certified nice person, my response would have been, hey, what's, yeah, you know, depends on the situation. Uh, but, you know, my my response would have been, hey, what's been going on? Like, uh, tell, tell, yeah. tell me, tell me what's been going on. Like, yeah. How easy is that? But because this person, this this coach, this trainer, it's about him. It's not about the person, right? The motivation. Let me know. Yeah, that's that's not that is not at all what I teed up for you. I teed up for you. Hey, I've had some. I've I've had some challenges. I've had some things going on that have been keeping me from getting in here. The response, as I said, should have been, well, "Tell me what's been going on. Ah, what's 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 up." You can't, I mean, I couldn't have set it up any easier and big fail, you know, epic fail. Um, queue up whatever memes you want to for, for epic fail. Um, so that there's, there's, you know, there's going to be some indicators early on from that communication piece. Um, it, it should be about the, the student. Yeah. The, you know, the gym owner's got to tell you about the gym. The, the, the trainer's got to tell you about the facility. They got to tell you a little bit about themselves, but that's always redirected. W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? Like, what I want to hear from you is what you can do for me. And if the conversation continues on, this is what I can do. Uh, and you should work with me because I'm great. Yeah, that's not the conversation you you want to be having. So that effective communication, like just being interested. For me, that's taking the history, detailed history sitting down and chatting with that person about their injury history, medical history, um, their exercise history. Where have you been successful in the past? What did you enjoy doing? Uh, what did you not enjoy doing? Um, tell, tell me about that thing. You know, was there a real successful time for you? Tell me about that. Tell me what you were doing. Like, give me information to, to work with. And I'm showing that I'm actually interested in you, the individual uh, that's in front of me. Um, nobody knows how much you nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care blah 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 blah. all of your cliches i'm full of them got tons of cliches um big big cliche guy big cliches um but yeah that that communication piece um effective communication show some empathy show interest and then for me that's where the screen is is that transition point where that's my opportunity to see you know how do you take instructions do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> great movie. Um, and, you know, how do you move? And then when I'm able to pick up on, hey, you know, that left ankle, that's that's pretty restricted. Oh, yeah, I sprained that a bunch of times and, you know, playing uh, basketball or, you know, whatever the, the case is. Um, and then you're, you know, so you, you show involvement, you show engagement, you show empathy, you show interest. Um, too many tr- young trainers in particular are going to try and sell you on their resume. Um, that's not effective communication. Yeah. And, uh, well, first of all, you weren't wearing your, my name's Brett Jones t-shirt. You, you, you didn't have that. <laughs> my name's Brett Jones. 
<laughs> My name's Rick James. <laughs> Fill in the blanks. Hey, um, Brett, uh, there's this thing called iron cardio. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Anyways. Um, but oh, no, no, honestly, Dylan. like that was a softball. That was a softball that you, uh, that you lobbed up and, and, um, you know, sounds like this guy was maybe a little bit full of himself, but, um, Hey, there, don't worry though. That's, there's no egos in the fitness industry. So that was probably just a one-time thing from this specific coach. <laughs> um, you know, you, you mentioned the screen and, and that moves on to another sort of, uh, bullet point is, is knowledge. And, uh, it is important to have, uh, a decent knowledge base and especially where everybody's got something right. Everybody's got not everybody, but rarely do some do brand new clients come in and they don't have an injury history or aches and pains or previous medical history. Right. I mean, it's, it, it doesn't happen. So having the ability to evaluate whether you use the FMS or something else, but the knowledge in which will your knowledge is going to allow you to become a better coach. It's going to uh, enable you to make better decisions, whether their goals are hypertrophy, fat loss, um, you know, strength, having a decent knowledge base is, is going to enable you to program so you can help them achieve their goals. Because if you train everybody the exact same way, they're not going to achieve their goals, especially if they have very, very different goals. Now, if someone wants to come in and their goal is to get fit and it's a very, very generic um, goal, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Um, but you know, the more specific you can get with your goals, the the easier it is to create a path to get there. Um, so I, I think you know, having a, a decent knowledge base is so important. And you know, understanding anatomy, you don't have to recite every you know bone, tendon, uh, ligament, muscle in the body, right? But it's just understanding, you know, what is good movement and what is bad movement. That's a huge part of it. Um, understanding, you know, how to design a certain program with specific exercises, you're going to program a deadlift very, very different in a very, very different fashion than you would a push up. So it's just, again, understanding how to put the, all of these things together to write a comprehensive program that will result in positive adaptations over time, right? Because it is an over time thing, because at first we've talked about this, anything will work. But if you want to dial things in, that's where having a specific knowledge base or just having a good knowledge base in general, being a good, you know, general contractor, right. Um, a, a big part of being a contractor is kind of knowing how to do a little bit of everything. And, um, it's the same thing with, uh, being a, a coach is, is try to be decent at everything at the beginning. And then if you decide you want to, you know, move towards a niche like kettlebell training or training fighters or speed development or Olympic lifting, cool. But it, you don't start with the niche. You start with the basics. 100%. And I, I think the, uh, you know, the, the fitness industry is very interesting in that uh, we have no barrier to entry. We have no standards. Um, anybody that's, that's listening to this and, and, you know, is new to the, to the fitness space and, and you're like, wait, what? Um, yeah. Uh, your esthetician, the person doing your nails and, and cutting your hair has way more of an educational base typically uh, in that field than most of the fitness professionals that you're going to run into uh, out there on the street. Um, so there it is. Um, uh, honest, honest uh, evaluation. Um, you know, there's people that specifically teach group X classes like cycling, or they teach yoga, or they teach, and some of the yoga training programs are very intensive. Um, so, you know, the the variety of things that you can run into, you know, I have a background as an athletic trainer, um, so orthopedic evaluation, rehabilitation. So like a lot of my skill set uh, from a coaching standpoint 
uh, and from a training standpoint, really runs almost in that orthopedic uh, sort of direction. I have a good eye. I have a, I'm able to help people. Uh, I'm able to see what needs to be changed within a movement uh, and, and uh, have drills and skills to, to fix that. Honestly, I'm not the best trainer from a program design standpoint. Um, I'm not. I mean, we've talked about this before. I, I'm not good with programs. <laughs> So, you know, for me, it's kind of like, yeah, anything will work. We can put this together, uh, you know, and, and I'm being a little self, uh, self-effacing, but um, I, I know where my strengths are and um, I know where I've had to shore up my own education uh, because I did come from that very strong orthopedic background. Um, so, you know, and if you're, if you're shopping and you're looking at trainers and you're, you're trying to make this decision and this investment, ask questions, you know, what, what, what have you studied? And uh you know, if it's, if it's college, cool. What'd you do after that? <laughs> what, what workshops have you taken? Who have you looked into? What's your philosophy? You know, these, these are questions that you can, that you can drill down on. Um, and so that, that knowledge base is an ongoing uh, conversation. You know, I, I wrote a forward for uh, Antonio Squillante's new book on periodization. And you know, when he asked me, I was like, really? Um, and then, you know, I start, reading the book, this, the sections that they gave me. And, and it's like, wait, periodization was based on um, a motor skill acquisition uh, mindset. I, I, I've never heard this before. Like now, now I got to reevaluate how I look at periodization. Like, I, cause I, I never looked at it that way before. And I'm like, God darn it. You know, now I got to think again and, and look at this information. Um, so that, that continuing education piece, I think is important and, and, um, you know, definitely the person you're working with, you want them not only to have a great knowledge base, but you want them to be expanding that, that knowledge base. And I think hands-on experience is probably the most important thing. And, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, going and getting multiple degrees in exercise phys is a bad thing, but. I've met people with multiple degrees that can't coach a goblet squat or a push up, And I've met people with zero experience that are amazing coaches. So the, the key here is to, is to determine what is going to be the best path for you and then go after that. Cause you know, for some people, um, they're just not, they're not school people, right? They're, they're just, they're not the people that can memorize and, and go in and memorize things and take tests. Right. I did terribly in school. Um, I just, that's not how I, I learn. I learn, I learn by doing, I learn by immersing myself into whatever I'm trying to do. And that's how I learn. So you can be successful in any background, but you know, you have to know what's going to work best for you because, um, having that hands-on experience and finding a mentor or finding a place where you can get an internship and, and people that do it in a way that is, uh, there's a reason. And listen, you could go to a big box gym at a gold's gym and you could get an education and you could learn through that and, and you could probably do okay. Right. But, um, you may be better off going at a place, uh, going to a place like a gym, like, you know, mind skill of strength or going to do an internship with Eric Cressy or Mike Boyle or, or people that have been doing this for a while, because then they're going to give you some, some really science-based information too, and, and, and information that has worked for years and years and years. And if it isn't broke, don't fix it. So there are several different ways that you can, you know, you can educate yourself. And here's the cool thing about the internet. Like, honestly, if you want to get good at any part of strength and conditioning, it's free. It is free on the internet, but 
you have to know where to get your your uh, your resources from. You need to know who to trust. And you have to be able to take that information. I'm not saying you have to read PubMed articles and dissect them and create a trading program, but you need to understand how research works if you're going to go that route. And you're going to have to dig a little bit deeper and try to wade through some of the crap that's out there because there's going to be a lot of crap out there. I mean, you know, like you could go online and, and you know, learn how to swing a kettlebell, but whose YouTube video are you watching? Right. I mean, it's if you put in how to do a kettlebell swing in YouTube, I don't know how many millions of hits you'll get, but who knows? The first one could be could be Brett Jones teaching you swing. Awesome. Or it could be Jillian Michaels, who who has been absolutely destroyed for that one still shot of her technique where she looked like she was getting folded in half. So, again, just if you are going to do that research and there's nothing wrong with going online to get information, we all do it. Just pay attention to where you're getting your sources from. So, um, but you can, that's a cool thing though, is we have this endless, endless sort of menu of information and content and books. Believe it or not, you can actually get books and Wait, uh, you can read them. Yeah. It's funny because I, I hate, like, I don't like to do anything on the computer when it comes to like program design or reading. I'm a pen and paper guy. So I have like chicken scratch and I probably have, I don't know how many textbooks I have in my office, way too many. And if I, added up how much money I spent on it. But the way that I learn is I, I read and I apply and I read and I apply and I, and I put certain trends together and I try to figure out what's going to make the most amount of sense. But um, knowledge is power, um, but just make sure you know where you're getting that knowledge from because knowledge can also be absolute rubbish at the same time. So knowledge is a, is a key part of it. And that leads us uh, right into skill because coaching is a skill. And I, I think, you know, I've had people come in before well, you know, I'm, I'm checking out a new gym and, and, uh, you know, I've had good success at this gym, the other road, you know, down the street and it's 40 bucks a month and I'm doing great. I'm like, tell you what, cool. If you're doing it and you're, you're doing it well and you have your, you know, there's a price point you want to stay in. You should probably stay there because you're doing great. And our gym is not $40 a month. So get after it. So, you know, I, I think that's a big part of it, but skill is huge. I mean, you know, we, we call our gym skill of strength. And that was something that I, you know, that name came from getting exposed to Pavel's work very, very early on and trying to treat strength as a skill. But skill is something that I don't want to say once that you can, once you acquire it, you don't lose it. But, but there's something to be said about acquiring a specific skill. Um, uh, I, I wish I could recite the line from Taken right now with, uh, with Liam Neeson, but I have, an, Great I have an extensive, extensive skill, skill set that I have developed over years of uh, chasing individuals like you. Yeah, exactly. I knew Something you would like have that. it because, oh, yeah. but great, great movie, by the way, Taken oh, yeah. is a phenomenal movie, but um, you know, having the skill to be able to do what you got to do. And especially if you're coaching, you know, can I teach Olympic lifting? Yeah. But I know a guy down the road that can teach it way better than me. So I'm not going to teach Olympic lifting right now, but I can, I can, I hope I can teach you to swing a kettlebell at this point. So Know what your know what your skill level is and know what your limits are and know what your boundaries are because there's nothing wrong, you know, putting your toes into another modality, but take your time, like learn, learn the nuances, learn the intricacies of it. I'm still learning tips about the kettlebell swing, and, and I know you are as well. So skill is something that you should always be trying to develop. Yeah, two uh cliches or sayings there. Uh trained monkey with a stopwatch can make you throw up. Like if, if your idea of a trainer is just somebody that pushes you till you collapse or the, till you throw up or till you're tired, uh, you're a sweaty heap. Um, there's a lot of different ways to, to accomplish that. And that actually takes no skill. Um, 
you know, uh, there was there was an old saying that I heard uh, quoted as coming from a Tai Chi master, but I think it could have applied to uh, training uh, just just as well. Uh, I make a living in teaching the forms. I make a fortune on the corrections. And by the time somebody comes to work with me, um, they've usually worked with with other people uh, prior to that. And the reason they're there is that that my skill in coaching them in spotting what needs to be improved and having strategies and skills that, that can do that. Um, if you're working with somebody that, you know, there's not a lot of coaching involved, but there's a lot of uh, different exercises and, uh, you know, time frames that you need to stick to, um, you, you, you might have the, uh, the, the person who just has the stopwatch and doesn't have the coach's eye and, and the ability to, to spot things. So that, that coaching skill and the cueing skill and, and it comes back to the communication piece, right? So that person that's able to effectively blend that knowledge into that coach's eye and get that message to you, get the right thing to happen, help you with that kettlebell press or bench press or whatever um, th th that you're trying to do. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, that that skill is where rubber meets the road and um, cliche number 52. Uh, for this podcast. Um, and, you know, people, that's, it's a big piece of the puzzle. Absolutely. Um, what's that old saying? You know, if, if, uh, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. And uh, I think we do that a lot. I think a lot of people do that and um, they use their favorite things or, you know, if you're a kettlebell guy and, and and I've been just as guilty as anyone else, you take the the certification or you get fired up from a workshop and Monday morning, everybody's doing swings, whether they're supposed to be doing swings or not. But, um, you know, I, I do think that taking the time to do it right at the beginning, I always, I, I always talk about front loading is, you know, when you start with us, the first couple months are just going to be learning and us educating you on the process and how to do this. So there's learning and training is going to be happening at the same time. And then eventually down the road, it'll be more training and a little bit less learning, but you should still be paying attention. Um, it's not like you just go on autopilot. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot that goes into it for sure. And um, I always, uh, I'm a big analogy guy, big surprise, but uh, I always talk about tools in the toolbox. And, um, you know, with us being kettlebell coaches, um, you know, when someone does a swing, you probably have one or two corrections, maybe three that you probably got from the manual if we're being brutally honest. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what happens if those one, two or three cues that you have been using or one of the one, two or three of those tricks that you've been using doesn't change it at that point, you may not have any more tools in your toolbox to make a necessary change, but ideally right over time, you gain more tools um, you know, I'm at the point now I've been teaching kettlebells since 2000, well, started in 2006, got certified in 08. So I've been teaching for a long time. Um, I'm at the point where I can pretty much teach anybody to swing decently as long as they don't have horrific mobility restrictions. I can usually get them swinging safely and effectively within a half hour, but that, that didn't happen year one or year two of my, you know, coaching career as a kettlebell coach. So, um, accrue more tools, right? Learn those little tricks, look at the principles and then apply the methods, but make sure that those methods are, um, are, are principle based. And, uh, and then you can go from there. Now we're going to move on to the last piece, adaptability. And, uh, in real life, what does that look like? 
your Monday morning client shows up at 7 a.m. You had the whole program written for them. You were going to do a whole bunch of lunges and squats and, you know, whatever. And they went hiking and they've got, you know, they're just sore. They're beat up. Their knees bothering them. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with that information? You're just going to do the workout and see how it goes. I would say that's a bad idea. But what can you do at that point to make the right decision, educate them on why you're making that decision and create within that hour, create something that will get them feeling better and moving better. So the next time that they train, they're set up for a good session. And that's what being adaptable as a coach is all about. 100%. Um, the, the person in front of you is going to present differently probably every day that you work with them. Um, I had one one individual that I started working with and you know, walks in the room. I'm like, hey, how you doing? And he's like, why do you ask me how I'm doing? I'm like, A, not a jerk. B, or not a big jerk. Uh, B, I got to know how you're doing. You know, if you just, you know, uh, um, your kid went in the hospital last night. You were almost in an accident this morning driving in Pittsburgh. It's a pretty high likely, uh, likelihood. Um, you know, there, there's five, 10 different things that could have happened in your life between now and the last time I saw you. And that's definitely going to impact my programming. Like you, what you need today might be to lay on your back and, and, or lay on your belly and breathe for 10 minutes before we do anything else. Cause I got to reset you, mm. uh, and get you to the point where I can stress you. Um, you know, understanding sympathetic parasympathetic balance, understanding stress uh, from from a larger standpoint. Um, I, I thinking back to a somebody that I've worked with in the past that uh, you know we spent a, a few weeks on breathing and fast and loose drills. Um, this this guy was um, you know a, a little high strung, and uh, so giving him the tools and strategies to control that and get to a point where we had reduced his already high sympathetic load to a, a level where I could introduce a training stress and get a positive adaptation. Like that's, that's, that's where the magic lies um, in adapting the, the, the program to the, to the person. And uh, so, yeah, adaptability is huge. Yeah. And, and being able to manage just whatever comes at you. Um, tell you what, if there's one thing I've learned with training uh, professional fighters is uh, you have to be adaptable. You have to be able to make changes on the fly every, literally every day. When, when one of my fighters comes in, I have to make a small change. Now it may not be, you know, it's this huge, huge impactful change. Maybe it's a little bit more of something else or a little bit less of something else based off of what they did the night before. But man, you want to learn how to be on your toes, work with fighters. Um, you become, you know, a high performance coach in, in strength and conditioning and recovery, on stress management, on uh, prehab, rehab, you name it. Um, if you if you really want to be challenged, um, work with a bunch of fighters. That'll that'll challenge your skill set. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot to it, and I think at the end of the day, I think if you always want to improve, right? The idea of constant improvement is something that you believe in. I think you're going to be a good coach. And there's so many different ways to improve. It's not just about memorizing muscles. It's, uh, you know, looking at other industries and uh, looking at other um, other individuals that have been successful. And maybe you can take from what they've done in their experience and, and apply that to what you do. I mean, think about, you know, if you've gone to like a nice dinner and you have a 
excellent uh, waiter or waitress and they just do a phenomenal job, pay attention to what made them good at their job because you can take that information and you can you can apply some of those strategies as a coach. Look at bartenders, look at just people in general, people that are good at their job that are really, really good at interacting with people. Um, look at other businesses and the way that they run. Um, there's always something to um, borrow or, 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 or steal, if you will, from, from other people and other industries. But um, at the end of the day, if you're passionate about you know, helping people and, and really want to do the best for your clients, you're going to be a great coach. Um, you know, if, if you're into this industry to try to be a millionaire and, and try to make as much money as possible, um, you're, you're in the wrong industry. I'm not saying that you can't make a good living, but, um, it, it's just, it's, it's really not about that. And in, in this industry, it's about helping people. And if you focus on being the best helper that you can, um, I think the, the rewards will come down the road. So, uh, Brett, any other uh, any other words of wisdom as we wrap up this uh, podcast for today, bud? Yeah, it's a service industry, right? Um, we are providing a service, uh, uh, and as I said early on, you know, people are trusting us with their health, uh, well being. Uh, they're investing uh, in in that uh, in that hour that they're spending with us, or w- whatever whatever model you run, um, and uh, that's that's to be taken seriously. And, um, you know, my goal is that, uh, um, my, my students are always learning, um, the next, the next progression, um, the next thing that they need to, to change or improve. So, um, and if you're not laughing, you're not learning. Um, if you're not going through your session and there, you know, there's at least not a little bit of laughter, um, you know, that, that's a red flag to me. Uh, cause it's just, uh, you know, I, I don't want to go all uh, joker on you, but why so serious? Um, it's, it's, you know, got a bell training. We're, we're swinging a cannonball with a handle around on it. Right. It, it's, it's should be fun. Like learning how to move better, feel better, do better. Like that's, that's the best part of my day. I want it to be the best part of my student's day. And, uh, so, you know, looking at it from that standpoint and, um, you know, just, and the drum that I'm going to keep beating for the rest of my career is going beyond the aesthetic goal. Um, move better, feel better, do better. Um, if you end up going down to pant size, fine. Uh, but there's so many other things that we should be accomplishing. And, uh, you look at, uh, you know, they say that 20% of the U S population has a gym membership. Well, five to 8% of that percentage goes actually goes to the gym. So let's just be generous and say five to 6% of the U S population exercises on some sort of consistent basis and, and make that 10% if it makes you feel better, uh, just so the numbers are easier. Um, not only is that a huge opportunity for the profession, but it's a, it's a big wake up call to everybody like this. You, you can, that because our, this machine is very adaptable and we can get by with, uh, the in uh, not optimal uh, input um, and we can still have an output. Um, you know, people don't think exercise or, or being f- physical is that important. It's important. Um, and we could all be doing a, a lot better. So um, if you, if you're in that position that you're, you're searching for that coach, uh, you're looking for that facility. I think maybe there's some things to think about within this podcast that can help you in that conversation. If you're in the fitness industry, and we highlighted a couple of things that maybe are areas of opportunity for you as a, as a professional, um, you know, take those, take those areas of opportunity, uh, 
ask your clients, why do you work with me? Um, what would you like to have be different or better? Um, you know, it, it's um, constant evaluation. Anyway, I I could go on for another podcast, but uh, we'll save stop it. For save today. it. We need another one. <laughs> uh, well, uh, well, there you have it. Uh, you know, some words of wisdom from uh, some coaches that have been doing it for a little bit. But um, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we truly appreciate us. Uh, truly appreciate it. If you could do us a huge favor, leave us a positive review on whatever platform you've been listening to, and we will see you on the next episode. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we're going to ask you for a favor. Please leave us some positive reviews. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thanks again for listening to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast.